0: Moonlight Network presents Football Time. Hey, and welcome to the Football Time Show. We're here with Achilles Rain. He's still basking in the glow of a Super Bowl, but. The offseason is upon us, and there actually have been some moves. We had to do a sort of pop-up show here because stuff actually went down. It wasn't three months of rumors. So we're going to do a little bit of a show because a lot of things have uh, come across the board here, really uh, sort of consolidating the power o- overall in the AFC side of things, if you really look at it. But uh, Achilles... Uh, it's been a eventful off-season. Are you ready to get into trying to break some of this stuff down? Because uh, it's basically crazy, both crazy good and crazy bad,
1: I think. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been pretty wild. You know, we're used to hearing a lot of uh, rumors and things never really come into fruition when it comes to the off-season. But we've actually had some movement and it's been pretty exciting as far as free agency is concerned. Uh, and it's been a while since we recorded. Uh, last time I recorded, I think I came over to your studio and we did a, a new show, which By the way, it should be coming out pretty soon, so uh, make sure you like and follow so you can uh, keep track of all of our new shows coming out. But uh, listen, man, I'm excited to talk some football. I know we got March Madness going on, but uh, football never takes a backseat, especially when we got some big news.
0: Yeah, definitely so. So uh, there's a lot of places to sort of kick things off, but uh, I I think we have to go out West, and not to the NFC West, but uh, (laughs) to the bloodbath. That is going to be the AFC West. Basically, this stuff really started kicking off when uh, Russell Wilson got traded to uh, uh, the Denver Broncos from the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I, I think it was probably about two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, and that's when we first started. We probably need to do a show here because about three things happened. And then I kept saying, well, let's wait till this, this, and this. and It gets uh, put off because I, I think we're finally in a little bit of a cold period here. But uh Broncos make the move for a quarterback, um, gave up a pretty big lot here. Uh, we were, we, we talked about it at the end of the year, you know, uh, what do we make of Russell Wilson? I think you were a little bit higher on him, uh, than I was uh, about being traded here. Uh, but we both sort of, uh, agreed upon what the price is to, you know, acquire Russell Wilson. Broncos played a pretty good price here and we assume, you know, uh, he will have to get a contract extension and uh now looking at what we've seen from contract extensions i don't quite know where that goes guaranteed money-wise but uh what do you make of this broncos move here we said all probably the last four years they're they're a quarterback away uh is this the missing piece or is this just at least puts them in the conversation
1: you know, I think it has to put them in the conversation. Whenever you're talking about a Russell Wilson-led team, regardless of what it may be, uh, you know, whether it's Seahawks or the Broncos, I think that you have to at least put them in the conversation uh, for potential contenders. Now, we did say it, uh, several years in a row now that uh, this Broncos team, Seem to be pretty well built. Uh, Seemed to be just a quarterback away from, you know, making some noise in that division. Uh, but now they got Russell Wilson, you know, former Super Bowl champ, uh, you know, probably one of the better quarterbacks in the league. A- and I think that it definitely puts them in the conversation for at least contendership
0: in that division. Yeah, I I do think it puts them in contender status. Um, You know, this probably isn't going to be the first time I say this. It's probably going to be a a theme throughout. Uh, The AFC right now is such, uh, you know, just uh, basically we're looking at teams like Baltimore and Tennessee as falling off, uh, you know, uh, the playoff map here. And and that's craziness uh, considering uh, what you look at here. I, I'm a fan of the move because I, I think you had to bring a quarterback in. You look at the draft this year, you're once again just, uh, you know, scratching a lotto ticket, hoping maybe one of those guys is good enough, but you can't guarantee that. The price, I, I, I understand it. I, I'm not huge about giving him. You know, a, a massive extension, but I, I think that'll be my theme throughout. There are probably three guys who are playing quarterback right now that I'd be willing to, you know, guarantee between 150 and $230 million uh, to. Aaron Rodgers is one of them. I don't know if Russell Wilson is right now. Uh, it, it's hard to judge because you don't know what was injury last year, what was just bad circumstances in Seattle the last couple years where I thought his play had fallen off. If we're getting the Russell Wilson from, you know, the first half of two years ago to the previous, you know, six, seven years, I I think the Broncos put themselves in position here, uh, especially with a couple of the other moves, uh, signing DJ Jones, the defensive tackle out of the 49ers, uh, you know, weakens the 49ers. uh, Once again, we'll get to the NFC West and just the NFC overall and the dearth uh, of teams and talent in that. And then, i i want to talk to you about the randy gregory signing because we're going to get in it probably on both sides of what the cowboys were doing too five for 70 um for a guy who very very talented uh when he's on the field it's been really really good the problem is it's not on the field (laughs) it's yeah it's He's been suspended three or four different times, uh, and not only that, the handful of times that he has played, he, he's been a little injury prone. Some of that might have to do with missing whole seasons at a time and trying to work back. But uh, you know, uh, I sort of, uh, I probably will hammer the Cowboys later. But I sort of understand the Cowboys' provision uh, wanting to put provisions in that contract to sort of, you know, lessen the load if he doesn't show up. But. Uh, Good defensive end makes up for the, uh, you know, Miller uh, going away, but five for 70. Did you like that deal or is it just that's sort of the price you're going to have to pay to get, you know, a pass rushing defensive end? Because we saw the deal that Fawn Miller got, you know, from Buffalo.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, they they both are really good at rushing the quarterback there. They're really good at getting pressure um, and it completely can change. The, uh, the outlook of a defense, just having a guy like that on there. Uh, I personally think that the price is a little too high just because it comes with baggage. Uh, as you mentioned, he's been suspended quite a few times and some of them have been pretty serious too. So um, again, I understand the provisions that the Cowboys said, you know, on the contracts and, and I'm even more understanding because apparently they um, place them on everybody except for Dak Prescott. So, uh, you know, I totally understand where they're coming from. Uh, and and I totally understand his reasoning for not wanting it, but, uh, to me, it, it gives me a little bit of worry that a guy would be willing to just jump ship um, simply because of a clause in a contract, uh, and it, it's basically just based off, uh, you know, the way you're going to behave yourself and how you're going to be carry yourself as as a human being uh, during the off season and off the field. So there's a little bit of concern there. Uh, especially with the track history he's got. But I think that if he can keep his...
0: marijuana is legal, by the way, just do to... it. Yeah. Uh,
1: but if he can stay, you know, if he can keep his, his nose clean, um, I, I think he adds, you know, a, a different dynamic to that team. I think that it's definitely a plus to have a, a pass rusher with his ability. Uh, the biggest question marks are going to be, uh, one, can he stay healthy? And two, can he stay out of trouble? But if he can, uh, I think it's a pretty decent signing.
0: All right, uh, we, we sort of got to bounce around because we've we got so much action here. Where would you put Denver with these moves in, in terms of the AFC? Because I, I think this is sort of how we're going to have to judge every one of these moves. Do you put them as a top four to come out of the AFC? Or, you know, is it more like top, seven or eight uh here well
1: I think, I think the biggest issue for me is the fact that i think as a whole the afc just got a lot better uh, i think that the talent definitely shifted over from the nfc towards the afc uh, and it's not just one division i think it's the entire conference as a whole yeah um but i mean to say that they're top four i think would be a little bit of a reach especially when we haven't seen uh this particular makeup out on the field Um, I mean, I'd probably be hard-pressed to say that they're top three in their division. And and that's not a slide against them. Uh, It's just that there's just so much talent in that division right now. Um, I would say that they're probably fourth as far as the division rankings are concerned, in my opinion. But that doesn't take anything away from their ability and their potential to be really good. Uh, Again, this is more of a, I want to see what comes out of it, just because there's so much talent within that division alone.
0: Yeah. The other thing, last thing on this, I, I find a little weird this mix at Denver sort of coaching hire, you know, an inexperienced young first year, you know, head coach. If clearly this Russell West. Wilson thing was you know in the work uh thank god they didn't trade for Russell Westbrook <laughs> though he he might hey, be a better he, quarterback than a point guard at this point so listen he, he he hit that that
1: three last night to tie the game so I, I was watching those highlights man and so he, he could probably still uh, throw the ball a little bit better than some of the other quarterbacks we have in the league uh,
0: yeah uh to bring in you know Russell Wilson revamp you, you know your sort of defense it makes less sense to me to hire an inexperienced young coach it seems like if you're going to go this route that would be more sort of a doug peterson type hire who at least you know as lackluster as it would be he's at least experienced and you know can get in there and get the ground running you assume much like uh you know we're going to get in the chargers here in a second that you know it's going to take growing pains for young first-year head coaches to sort of find the rhythm here. And I I don't know if they have time to sort of find their rhythm in this AFC, certainly the AFC West, uh, because, you know, somebody's going to finish fourth in that division, and, you know, we'll get to the Raiders here in a second, and it's just going to be hard. Uh, That just sort of confused me. If you know you're going to make this move to contend, why bring in a first-year, you know, head coach with no experience? Yeah, listen, I agree with
1: you. I think that common sense would, you know, lead you to that, to that, uh, just, uh, to that point basically that you know you try to bring in a coach with some experience that can uh, reign in the locker room and not just that but control a lot of these egos. Uh, with you know a lot of these moves being made, you're talking about different dynamic in that locker room. So, you know, I think common sense would tell you that, but you know the the NFL we know is a copycat league um and we've seen plenty of teams have success with these young you know coaches uh and not just that we also saw especially with the rams last year winning it all um these teams that are basically in in some way or another going all in um are having success and i think that's kind of the uh the game plan or blueprint so to speak that they're trying to follow here yeah
0: uh all right let's move uh, further down the uh AFC west and uh Let's go to the Los Angeles Chargers here. This, uh, they really have built up this roster. You know, re-signing Mike Williams, I I thought was a must. Really impressed that they did that. Uh, Then go out, uh, sign uh, Joseph Day from your, uh, you know, Rams. I thought that was a pretty nice signing. We'll see, you know, he's been next to Aaron Donald his whole career. So, he'll probably get a little bit more of a test, but bringing in Khalil Mack to, you know, go side-by-side side with Bosa here. That helps. Yeah, uh, you know, you got two basic ends, and then, you know, J.C. Jackson signing over from the Patriots uh, to take up a corner spot and lock down that corner spot. You know, honestly, when I, I saw all their moves, I'm like, They basically made this idiot proof for their coach like we don't care how bad a coach you are we have enough talent on the field that we're going to win games and put ourselves in position uh with these charger moves do you move them ahead of the broncos or are you still in wait and see let's see uh how they capitulate in games and muck it up as per the chargers have done for recently
1: Well, listen, you know, obviously a lot of these moves are big splash moves. They're going to, you know, cause headlines and things like that. But uh, I think you have to have them ahead of the Broncos simply for the fact that this was a team that was competing for for a playoff spot last year. Uh, It came down to the last game versus the uh, division rival Raiders, and they almost got in. Um, We saw pretty much all year long that that offense, you know, they they can they can put some points up. Their biggest issue was the fact they couldn't stop a nosebleed. Um, you know, regardless of who they were facing, they could go up against a a pretty weak offense and that defense just couldn't do much. Um, I think they had probably one or two good games all of last year and and that's, you know, being generous, I think. Um, So I I think that you have to have them ahead of the Broncos again, simply because we haven't seen this Broncos team really um, show up. There's still, there's still some growing pains that they're going to have to go through with this new locker room setup they have, but Um, Overall, I think that the Chargers did a really good job. Their biggest flaw last season was that defense and adding guys like Khalil Mag, uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, and as you mentioned, you know, uh, all pro cornerback from the New England Patriots. I mean, those are the type of moves that are going to make an impact pretty pretty early on. And if they can really mesh together and, you know, uh, uh, get some unity going, I think they're going to be a really dangerous team.
0: Yeah, I, I think this was really really sort of smart use uh, of their funds because we're, we're going to get into it uh you know the quarterback is, is coming into his third year which means he's about a year away uh, from winning a lot of money uh, and judging by what the quarterback rate is going uh, at <laughs> this point uh in two years <laughs> that could be a lot lot of money now granted the salary cap is jumping but you No matter what it is, it's still a guy probably taking up, you know, a a fourth uh, to a third of your salary gap uh, here uh, on one payroll. So I I think it was smart to sort of spin here while you're still under, uh, you know, a nice contract Uh, quarterback-wise. It'll be interesting to see what they do. We'll spin this to the Chiefs. You know, they they had to let Tyron Mathow go. They bring in, you know – A solid safety in Justin Reed, but not. it's more like a a safety safety and not a sort of havoc creator in Tyron Mathow. You basically get a solid safety who can play the back, knows where to be. So that's a little bit, but I I really thought yesterday they signed Juju. I thought that was a really, really nice signing there. And they franchised Orlando Brown to sort of solidify that line uh, and keep that intact. Do the Chiefs have enough to stay on top of this? I love the Juju signing. This really seems to pump up that offense. You got Juju, you got Hill, you got Kelsey. uh, You know, you have a couple guys in the backfield. Are the Chiefs going to stay atop the AFC West here? Health permitting, of course. Yeah, of course.
1: I think that it, you'd be hard pressed to really uh, pick against them. Now, you know they started off last year pretty slow, and and it, they really seemed to uh, almost kind of be out of their own element. This wasn't the Chiefs team that we're you know accustomed to seeing. But you saw the second half; Chiefs came back to reality, and they played like the Chiefs uh, that we all know and love. And I think that signings like this, you know, bringing Juju in, you know, he's a big body wide receiver who's also got really good speed and, you know, he's pretty good at running routes too. And his hands, you know, are probably one of his better features. And you already had a pretty potent offense with Tyree Gill and um, you know, your big tight end. And even if you're running back a I think that they had already a pretty good offense to begin with. Now you had a guy like Juju who's probably going to play, you know, outside, uh, outside of the numbers. And, um, you know, it's, it's becomes a really dangerous team. And if they can continue the way they ended this season, I think that um, you'd be hard pressed to really pick against them uh, to win this division.
0: Yeah, I I think they still stay on top here, uh, but uh, I'm going to be curious uh, to see what the absence of Matthau does to that because basically they had, you know, three Havoc creators on each line uh, of the defense. Now you take one of those Havoc creators out, uh, you're down to two. Uh, Granted, Justin Reed, I I don't want to try to insult him. It's just a sort of totally different style, uh, you know, than Tyron Mathal there so maybe uh, you know his discipline solidifies that defense more than you know Mathal going a little crazy but uh, Mathal made plays and this defense has been built on sort of making plays uh, more so than actually getting stops uh, during the season so I'm really curious to see how that you know turns out.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. You know, I think that you know the honey badger is more of a playmaker guy. He's gonna make plays. You know, he will get burned every now and then, uh, especially now where he's not in you know complete peak form as he was when he first got drafted to the Cardinals. Uh, but I think that <clears throat> adding a safety that's uh, going to be you know a solid, uh, meant like fundamentally solid, and not just that he's gonna know what his assignment is, where he's got to be at all times. I think it's going to maybe not pop out as far as like big playmaking go. But I think that, um, as far as being like a solid defense where, you know, they're not going to make a lot of mistakes. I think it's going to help them in that sense.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, so, uh, let's move on to the, uh, Raiders here. Uh, you know, not totally to be outdone. Uh, I, I, I'm very much looking forward to our shows in July and August on win totals (laughs) and who's going to win this division. Uh, because honestly, uh, You know, picking up Devontae Adams, you know, gets that receiver spot, uh, you know, that Henry Ruggs that they they lost out on, you know, last year. Uh, It's somebody completely familiar with Carr. They went to college together. They've pretty much grown up their whole lives uh, together there out on the northern california so I, I loved that move we'll get into it from a packer sits here in a little bit uh I, I don't know quite what's going on there you know bringing in chandler jones you get another edge rusher to pair with already a, a nice edge rushing thing three years 51 i, I thought was you know uh Going rate for what defensive ends went, you know, a week or two later, I I thought that was a pretty good deal. I don't know if Chandler Jones has as much left, uh, but considering what Vaughn Miller got, and I don't know how much he has left, you know, basically you got Chandler Jones for half the money. (laughs) So I I think I'd take that anyway, and I I like the Bly Nichols, uh, you know, solid defensive tackle out of the Bears to sort of eat up, uh, you know, blocks. You know, great moves by the Raiders, but – is this going to be enough? Can the AFC West get four teams in the playoffs? You know, you looked at it in the NFC West last year at the start. We thought there was a chance, but there always seems to be somebody that drops. Is it going to be the Raiders? Because, you know, I think people forget they were the team who ended up finishing second and going to the playoffs last year, not the Broncos or Chargers. So did they do enough uh, to sort of – improve this team you know josh mcdaniel's taking over we'll see what that goes like but uh did the raiders do enough and how bad do you feel uh sort of for them here listen i, I think that on
1: paper they they definitely did their part as far as being able to you know staying within contention within that division um uh, but again this entire division you know the AFC in general got better but i think this division is what really stands out because of so many big names that they brought in Um, You talk about a guy like Devontae Adams now, no disrespect to rugs or anything, but he's no Devontae Adams and uh, you know, Devontae Adams also, we we've seen him have success even when the Rodgers wasn't, you know, healthy and he couldn't play for whatever reason, but, uh, also, I think that he's going to have that chip on his shoulder, you know, that question of whether he can do it without Aaron Rodgers. Um, but he's a big body wide receiver, very talented, got great hands. He's a great route runner. Uh, I think he's going to add a different dynamic to that offense. And as we mentioned, you've already got Waller there, you know, Jacobs and and uh, Renfro. So you've got a pretty good complement of weapons on that team. Uh, they added a couple of pieces on defense which was probably one of their biggest issues last year. Uh, Although they seem to be a defense that really steps up in moments when people don't expect them to. I counted the Raiders out last year, especially after the whole situation happened with their coach uh, and with their player, kind of basically, you know, having to be removed from the team and and they made the playoffs. So I'm not going to count this Raiders team out just yet. I will say that for me, Within this division, I would put them in third place right now, uh, just based off additions and based off last year's performance. But I'm not going to count these Raider team out. Uh, it's really hard to get four teams into the playoffs from one division. But I, I think just like the NFC West, if any team, any division had a chance last year, uh, the NFC West was it. I think this year, if any division has a shot at you know getting all four teams in, it'd probably be this division.
0: Yeah, uh, you know. I, I don't think it's crazy to think the Raiders could finish second in this division. You you mentioned Adam Adams, pairing him with Renfro. Now Renfro doesn't, you know, have to try to make ten catches a game over the middle. You got Adams there, and I already mentioned he, he's used to the quarterback, so it's not a thing where they have to get used to timing. You got Waller in there, you still got Jacobs. They sort of shored up that defense a little bit. Uh, at least pass rush wise. they they're gonna be aggressive on that side of things. So I think they can sort of maintain their position as a two-team here. We'll see, you know, how everything works out in that one. But, uh, you know, I want to flip things over to the NFC because I want to close with, you know, sort of the last part of the AFC here. Uh, And and the NFC, uh, you know, basically there are now, I, I think, one and a half teams that i consider contenders out of the afc and one of those one and a half is your rams who you're asking to repeat uh which you know that that's not something that happens all that often it is very difficult to do just look at the tampa bay buccaneers from you know last season so let's go out to uh, you know the central and i want to go to the packers right off the bat they bit the bullet. They signed, you know, Aaron Rodgers to the big deal, you know, extending him through into his 40s, gave him $150 million guaranteed. Uh, they franchised Devontae Adams. I, You know, I, I thought everything was cool. You know, you know, he did the stupid thing where he's like, yeah, I'm not going to show up to camp. Well, yeah, everybody says that till paychecks start, you know, going missing. And then magically they find their way back at camp and to play under a, you know, $25 million franchise tag there. I just, I don't understand if you're going to give Rodgers that $150 million, why are you emptying out the receiver room here? You, you you can't tell me you're going to draft a rookie receiver who's going to come in and and, and make up for Devontae Adams. You, you can't tell me you're getting Marquez Valdez-Scantling re-signed as a free agent or something, and that's going to make up for Devontae Adams. We talked, you know, towards the end of the year on this Packers team when they went out that maybe it's just time to move on from Aaron Rodgers, say adios and see what you do. And then you guarantee him $150 million. So basically, that Jordan Love pick, you got it a backup for one more year. Are you going to give him a contract extension, <laughs> you know, next year uh, to be the most expensive backup in the history who's played one game? That pick is wasted now completely. I just I don't understand what the Packers are doing if you're paying Rodgers then you pay Adams that sort of has to go hand in hand unless there's some other move that I don't know about but uh, the receiver cupboard is getting a little bare uh, because maybe you go after Odell Beckham but he's not coming back anytime soon you know Robert Woods says he's going to be ready for you know uh, opening day but I find that highly unlikely. And for him to be productive, it'd probably be, you know, week eight, nine, or 10 before he's fully up to speed. So explain to me the Packers' decisions here, uh, especially in an NFC where basically at that point, before Brady had come back, there were two teams that I thought were contenders to win it. Yeah, Listen,
1: you know, the moves are as perplexing to me as they are to you, and I really have no idea why they decided to go you down also, this route. I,
0: I forgot to say, you, you also released Darius Smith and brought back the other Smith. So it's like you're half in and half out on both sides of it just so you don't lose a little money uh, during the year.
1: It, it really seems like this move was mostly done to appease the fan base. Um, and I'm not even talking about the, the hardcore fans that – you know, want to see Green Bay succeed and win another championship. Uh, I really think that most people, when they stop and think about it, it was the perfect time to move on from Rodgers, you know, and if we are to believe the rumors now, I know that Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks to ever suit up, especially in Green Bay, Uh, Green Bay's, you know, historic season, uh, history, but you know, it felt like it was the perfect time, you know, either he wanted to move to a different team or he wanted to retire you know, they they were going to have some money, uh, you know, enough cap room to uh, bring in some guys. Maybe they could have made a trade for another quarterback or a filler, you know, just for the time being until they can find the next guy, which I thought Jordan Love was it. But um, regardless, they signed Aaron Rodgers' huge deal, and then they start clearing the house. I think that even Aaron Rodgers is probably sitting there scratching his head like, what is going on? You know, they had multiple opportunities to re-sign Adams, and I think a lot of it uh, was delayed because they weren't sure exactly what was going to happen with Rodgers. Uh, Devontae Adams is just one of those guys who like, you know what? You show me no loyalty after I commit myself to you. I'm going somewhere else where they're going to value loyalty. Um, and you know, as you mentioned, he's got a rapport with, you know, Derek Carr and all that. So, um, you know, there's that, that. I'm sure that played a factor into it too. But, you know, I don't understand. The NFC, in my opinion, got a little bit weaker talent-wise Um, you know, even with Tom Brady coming back, as you mentioned, I think there's only a handful of teams that are legit contenders in the NFC and you put yourself behind the eight ball by getting rid of your, your, you know, your offensive weapon unit. Uh, what are you going to do? Who are you going to sign? Even if you bring, uh, you know, uh, scantling, scantling back, as you said, to me, these are receivers and and no disrespect to them, you know, talented guys, but notice these are receivers that are made better because they play with great quarterbacks. Yeah. And there's a handful of receivers that are like that. So I'm not huge on re-signing these guys and assuming that oh we're fixed, we got this guy back. No, I don't think that that's going to cut it. I don't think you know they they you saw them get trounced last year uh, by the 49ers who who came and played really good defense and they couldn't score points. Even with Adams in the field, they couldn't they could score yeah, points. The only person now, Rogers threw to in that
0: game was freaking Adams. <laughs> yeah, and, was
1: and, no now, Adams. And, and now you're gonna tell me that somehow you're better because A, you have less, you know, cap room because you gave Rogers a huge, you know, contract. Uh basically as a thank you for being with us. Here you go. You know, you can uh, ride off into the sunset with your $150 million check. Um and you get rid of everybody else. And what do you get in return? they are not I don't think that the value that you're getting rid of. Uh, coincides with the value you're getting in return.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, just confusing. Now, you know, it, maybe something's out there where they grab a receiver, but, you know, I, I don't think, you know, T.Y. Hilton, uh, you know, is going to be the answer here. Uh, but, uh, you know, the other thing you have to look at in this division is basically it's a joke. Uh, the Bears have pretty much decided to fire sale everybody on their team that was good. Uh, I I don't know how that's helpful for, you know, Fields' uh, progress there. And and then you have to explain to me what the Vikings are doing. Uh, This isn't a cheap organization, uh, but you're taking a $45 million cap hit on Cousins when you could get out of it scot-free and and then extending him. There were numerous quarterbacks available here. Why are we trusting Cousins, we we've seen this. We we know what it is. It's not magically improving next year. I, I just I, I I understand the Bears. They're a cheap organization. They're constantly in rebuild. They might have a, you know, three year spike where they can win nine, ten games and get in the playoffs. But the Vikings is an organization that spends money and tries to, you know, be good and put themselves in contention. I don't understand this just obsession with being eight and eight every year.
1: Listen, the Vikings offense was kind of sputtering, you know, on and off pretty much all last year. But when they were on, they were really good offense. And that's the only reason they won as many games as they did, because these are definitely not the purple people leaders that we remember. Uh, they, They lacked defense and you could have taken all that money you know by getting rid of cousins and bringing in another game manager because let's be honest, you know, yes, his numbers look good, but it's hard for them not to look good when you guys got like Jefferson and you got Cook in the backfield. You know, it's I think that there's a lot of game managers out there that can look pretty good, um, with weapons like that. And you could have taken some of that money and really short up that defense, yeah. and, and then you really would have been in contention, especially this division again you know, we were talking about the Packers just now, you know, I know that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have weapons and people are starting to question, but listen, you'd be playing the NFC North, you know, you got that advantage going for you. Um, and, and same thing for the Vikings, you play in the NFC North, you really could have taken over this division had you properly built up that defense to be what, you know, what people really expected from them a couple of years ago. Um, and with those weapons on offense that you probably got a year or two left, uh, you know, before it becomes really expensive to hold on to those guys. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm really confused as to why uh, they they decided to to go with cousins again. I really thought this was going to be it for the uh, that that marriage between the two of them, but apparently they see something in him that we don't.
0: Yeah. Uh, the other thing is they just said they were going to keep Daniel Hunter, you know, and, and pay his twenty million dollar roster bonus, so they're keeping that defense, you know, sort of intact. So they're just going to go at it again at uh, chop wood and be, you know, eight and eight, nine and eight, seven and nine, whatever, you know, in and around 500 record they've been for, you know, five years here. I just, I don't understand it, especially when, you know, I don't want to pump Mitch Trubisky up, but basically he, costs, do. Yeah, he costs nothing. He costs you nothing. I don't know if the difference between Kirk Cousins and Mitch Trubisky, it, it, there's probably a gap there, but there's probably not a $35 million gap there. And, and that's the difference in salary there. I just, if you're going to commit to mediocrity, at least bring in a mediocre quarterback that's cheap instead of a mediocre quarterback that's expensive. <laughs>
1: Yeah, listen, you know, the offense wasn't really the issue with that team, you know. Obviously, consistency on offense was it was an issue. Um but that's kind of what you get when you get a guy like Kirk Cousins, yeah. you know. He's he's going to be good. He's going to his numbers are going to look great, but he's not going to be consistent enough to 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 say that this is a potent offense. They're a dangerous offense, but it's not a potent offense because they don't do it consistently. You know, you talk about the defense now. That that defense a, a few years back was actually a really good defense and it was what was keeping them in games. Now they have weapons on offense, but they don't have anybody on defense. And uh, they brought in uh, what Jordan Hicks, a linebacker, and that's it. Okay. I mean, they really did nothing else. And it's a little mind-boggling to me that, especially with the climate in the NFC and in the NFC North, that this is the route you take. Yeah.
0: Uh, we'll flip off the North and uh, go into a quarterback situation that I I understand uh, even less. Um your boys, the commies, um, decided to t- trade. They, they, let me state, they traded two third-round picks and then accepted the $30 million salary of Carson Wentz. Um, what the hell is going on there? How can anyone, and I mean anyone, look at that situation in Indianapolis last year, look at the two years before that in Philadelphia, and be like, I want to give stuff accept a salary and have this man as my starting quarterback to lead our team. I don't care what Tyler Heineke cost. Is there a difference between Tyler Heineke and Carson Wentz other than Tyler Heineke probably more liked in the locker room.
1: Yeah, listen, I, I will say this. Okay. I, I like Carson Wentz. Now he, I, I by no means think he's one of the greatest quarterbacks, you know, in this current uh, quarterback, uh, you know, players that we have, but I think, I think he's a decent quarterback. I think his biggest issue is one uh, after Philadelphia, he really hasn't been himself after that injury he had, he hasn't been himself. And by that, I mean, you know, he was at one point, you know, an MVP candidate, he was having a great year and he looked really good and then he got hurt and things just kind of went on a slump from there. I don't understand, you know, there's two ways this can go. One you can get that Carson Wentz from Philadelphia, the MVP candidate, the guy who basically led them to the Super Bowl. I know he didn't win it for them, but he basically led them there. You can look like a genius if you get that guy, or it's going to turn into a complete nightmare uh, because of the money that you're spending on this guy. For what? To manage a game? Who's he going to throw the ball to? You know, It's just too many question marks. But again, this is a franchise that over the last few years has been very poorly run. You know, we've heard all the stories about what's going on with that front office and all the allegations, you know, which we won't get into right now. But, you know, there's been a lot of drama going on with that with that franchise. They're going to a new name. They've been rebranded, refranchised, basically. And now you're bringing in Carson Wentz. That's the guy you really want leading your team. You know, and this is coming from someone who likes him, but that's the guy you want running your team, you know, when you're rebranding, when you're trying to basically start fresh. It just doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Yeah. Uh, You know, basically just read the room here. The Colts traded a first round pick in this draft to bring Carson Wentz in and basically said, we don't want him anymore after one year. (laughs) All right. They decided sunk cost. will eat it. And somehow they leveraged two third round picks. Now, granted those probably will become nothing, but to get off that money, and to get two third round picks in a suck cost that he wasn't going to be their quarterback. My guess is it would have been one of those. We'll pay you to stay away uh, sort of situations at, listen, at that point. And Washington gives up stuff to bring him in. I uh, listen,
1: You you said it perfectly. You know, you're avoiding a cap hit of what was it? $30 million yes. and you're getting two third round picks. Now I know that third round picks, you know, you can take him, leave him, whatever, but, you get two third round picks and you're avoiding that cap hit. I think this is a win for the Colts. Uh, I'm not too sure. Again, a lot of it has to do with what kind of, what Carson Wentz we get. If we get the old Carson Wentz, you know, then maybe it actually turns out to be a good thing for this team, you know, but
0: I mean, what are the odds of that happening? Yeah. Uh, we'll move on to the Cowboys now, granted, they are probably still going to be the favorites here. Uh, because we just talked about the commies, uh, being inept. And sadly enough, they might not even be the worst organization running in that division right now, because I think the giants are sitting there and hold my beer. Funny enough, nobody wanted to trade for Kenny Galladay. Uh, I know it's a stunning development. Nobody wanted to trade for $24 million of Kenny Galladay. I am shocked. Uh, but I, I know they were over the cap and they cut money. Uh, I get the Gregory thing. You know, I I get a couple of defensive moves. I don't understand on the offensive side of things. One, Zeke is sitting right there to be cut. I don't get it. That's $18 million. At this point in his career, you can find a $5 million running back that can produce the same thing as Ezekiel Elliott. And honestly, you have one on the roster in Tony Pollard. (laughs) So... I'm confused why you don't cut him. Then you make the move to cut Amari Cooper. After you make that trade, I think, two, maybe three years ago to the Raiders to give up first-round picks for him, sign him to the big deal, and then basically you're like, okay, we don't want you anymore. And then you come back and you sign Gallup, who is not even in the same class as Amari Cooper, and he's coming off an ACL injury. <laughs> They're still the favorite. I still think they're good, but I don't understand what's going on there. Other than this looks like a Packers move where the division's so bad that they can sort of do whatever they want and still be on top of it.
1: Listen, it's another similar situation. Like we talked about with the uh, NFC North, you know, thankfully for them, they're in a division that just seems to have had really bad luck over the last few years, uh, both with drafting and uh, free agent signings. And even with all that said, the Cowboys are still going to be the favorites in the division to win it, I think, for at least 99% of the people that are actually putting money on it. Uh, but, you know, my biggest gripe, and I, I talked to, I talked about this with you off air. Uh, we talked about it, you know, when we got together. And I don't understand why you would get rid of guys that have been productive, uh, you know, maybe not to the extent that you wanted them to, but there would be, Mark Cooper was being productive. You're going to cut him so you can save some money, so you can pay Ezekiel Elliott, who's done basically nothing over the last year. You know, we saw when uh, Dak Prescott got hurt and the bulk of the responsibility to, you know, get the offense going was put on Zeke. He folded. Yeah. He did nothing with it. Pollard looked like the like the better running back in that backfield, if you ask me. And, and you have him for much cheaper. I don't understand why you wouldn't try to leverage Zeke out there and, and see what you can get out of it. Uh, and then really just kind of ride the you know, write the reins with Pollard because I know that there's a, a big friendship between Dak Prescott and, and Zeke, but I mean, come on, man, at some point production has to, has to count for something. You know what I mean? Um, it, it makes no sense to me, but again, they're very lucky that they're in the NFC East. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of that, obviously it's really early. You know, we saw last year, we made a lot of predictions early on about bad divisions and, you know, some of them came true, some of them didn't. So we don't know what's going to happen. But as of now, I mean, they're lucky they're in that division.
0: Yeah, uh, just don't totally understand the moves. I, I I don't understand taking that money you freed up and giving it to Gallup. I I mean, I like Gallup, but. He's sort of a luxury item here. He's a straight-line receiver who can make, you know, deep ball catches. He's not Amari Cooper who's going to get over the middle and make productive catches, uh, you know, in the middle. I guess, you know, they franchise those tight ends. Maybe they think they can grow, but I just don't understand that. I like C.D. Lamb, but he hasn't proven to be a number one receiver yet. You just saw him in the playoff game have one catch. I'm just... I, I don't understand these moves. I, I understand them more on the defensive side of the ball. I, I mean, Gregory at that price, a risk, you know, you're going to have to save up money to pay a couple of those defensive guys. So I get all that. I, it's just on the offensive side of things where you make your bones, I just, I, I'm highly confused that you cut Cooper, not cut Zell Elliott, and then give money to Gallup, who's not even going to be ready by the start of the season. Yeah. What is their receiver but, room other than Ceedee Lamb now?
1: Listen, and, and listen left as well. Yeah, and listen, I, I'm a big Ceedee Lamb fan. Okay, I, I I talked him up a lot during the off last year. You know, I thought that he was going to have a really productive year, and he and he was having a really good year, which is probably one of the reasons why they thought that they could go without Amari Cooper. But one of the reasons why he was having such a good year was because guess who was number one was on that team? Yeah, Amari Cooper. Guess who was drawing the the attention of the number one cornerback on the opposing defense. Amari Cooper. That's one of the reasons why CeeDee Lamb was being successful. Now you take all that away and you put all the attention on him. I don't know how he's going to produce. Maybe they think that he's going to develop himself uh, that much more this, this off season. And, and maybe that's why they took a gamble on it. So listen, I don't hate the move, uh, but I just don't understand it. That's all.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's flip things to the NFC South and uh, Tom Brady was, Nicely retired. I don't even know if we could call it a retirement. Uh, I I don't think when you're off, that's retirement, that's called being off. That's that's called a vacation. That's what that's called. (laughs) And uh, so he is back um, probably because he looked at this division and there is a possibility that a college team could win this division right now. The Saints are in salary cap hell, and then they didn't get bailed out by getting Watson. Uh, I I honestly don't know who their quarterback's going to be. I don't know if Michael Thomas even plays football anymore. Uh, The Falcons literally... Uh, have zero receivers on their roster right now Uh, and now Matt Ryan's pissed off because they tried to make a move for Deshaun Watson and then we heard they're gonna try to make it right and re-sign Matt Ryan so I love that football GMing you want to bring a new guy in don't get the new guy and then the guy you wanted to replace you're now going to pay more money to oh the NFL and the uh, GMing in this and Carolina still can't find a quarterback I don't know what they're going to do. Um, Tampa's sort of restocked. I love the Justin Gage move. Uh, Is there anything coming out of this division other than Tampa here? And can they get it done again? Uh, Because they're certainly going to have a bunch of freebie wins here. I I don't know if I put them ahead of the Rams. Uh, I want to see what the Packers do. But honestly, even... With a 45 year old quarterback and you know a couple cuts that they had to make because of salary cap, they have to be your second favorite in the NFC right now.
1: Yeah, listen, you know they pretty much got the entire team that they had last year for the most part, other than a few uh, you know missing pieces there. Um, but I think that as good as Tampa Bay was during the regular season last year, they're going to be slightly worse this year. That's because one of the biggest additions that they had. Uh, two years ago was Antonio Brown. He really helped that team early on this season, uh, took a lot of the pressure off the other wide receivers. uh, But, you know, he's done. Obviously, we saw what happened with him. Um, Now, the other question mark for me, at least, is this whole Tom Brady retirement, unretirement thing. Um, You know, there's a bunch of rumors out there as far as his reasoning for wanting to retire. Uh, From what I heard, there was a rumor that he was trying to strong arm Tampa Bay into letting him go. Uh, because he had other plans, he basically wanted out of Tampa, um, and I think even you know Coach uh, Air, uh, Bruce Arias came out and said that they weren't going to get rid of him. You know he was he basically was going to have to retire and, and stay retired, or he was going to play for Tampa Bay. Uh, and I think that when he like you said it, when he looked at everything, he's like, you know what, my best shot to win right now is probably you know with this team. We've got a rapport, we've got chemistry. Uh, let's try to re- let's try to see if we can make some noise here. Um, so yeah, to me, they're definitely, you know, one of the top contenders, in the NFC, uh, to go all the way, but I do think that there's going to be a little bit of a drop off, uh, just with everything that happened during this off season.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how they play. Uh, you know, my reasoning is, uh, he probably spent four weeks with the family. And like most of us, if we spent four weeks with the family, the idea of playing football, uh, becomes <laughs> much, much, much more
1: entertaining, <laughs> I, I refuse to fall for this trap. I, I will publicly on video say that, uh, that's the case for me. I love spending time with my family. It's okay. We skew mostly male. So,
0: uh, they'll all giggle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they'll also
1: understand where I'm coming from.
0: All right. Uh, let's move to the NFC West. Uh, you know, uh, Rams mostly stood Pat, uh, Allen Robinson, uh, nice little move there. um, i i mean i i think it gives them a way to sort of cheap beckham and woods and not have to worry about it and be like we offered they decided to go type things um you know i've they'd have to stand pat they couldn't make much moves uh the other two uh before we touch it on seattle which is the big one uh san francisco jimmy g's the last piece to find a new spot to be quarterback but uh The Niners lost a couple defensive guys. Do you really think they're going to enter the season with Trey Lance? This is stuff where I don't understand. You you have to look at the NFC East and be like, it's open. And you're going to go, our guy Trey, who's raw as could be, is going to take over and lead us uh, to the NFC title. I, I just don't understand that.
1: And as far as the Rams are concerned, um, you know, I, I kind of been trying to check on, on Twitter and things like that as we're recording the show. Uh, because uh Robert Woods, who was rumored to possibly be moved, um, is due a roster bonus uh basically at the end of the of the official NFL day today. Yeah. Um and if he's not moved by today, it more than likely means that he's gonna stay with the team, uh, which is what I'm hoping for. I love I love Bobby Trees. Uh but you know, that Allen Robinson uh signing kind of brings a little bit of question marks as far as the Odell Beckham situation is concerned if um, I ask you I, one s-
0: question I didn't mean to cut you off but uh if it was t- between Woods and Beckham probably on the same let's go bargaining price because uh, I don't think they could give them a huge huge which one would you rather have
1: Robert Woods yeah and and, and it's for a couple of reasons one I think that he's the you know he's like the heart and soul of that team, you know, you can see the respect and the love that his teammates have from just by the way they included him during all the, uh, you know, post post season stuff. Uh, when in reality, you don't see that very often where, you know, they bring in guys that are injured uh, and make them part of the whole celebration process. But um, you know, he, he's, he's a big part of that team and not just that he's a really underrated wide receiver. Uh, and then you also bring into the fact that this is Odell's second injury. Uh, You know, who's who's to say that he's going to come back as Odell that, you know, we we've come to expect. Um, And, and, you know, another thing is as as productive as Odell was, because he was a big part of the reason why the Rams won a Super Bowl. That first half was all Odell. Um, He just hasn't been with the team long enough to really make that much of an impact if he doesn't come back. Now, don't get me wrong. I'd love to see him signed. Uh, I think that he committed himself completely to the Rams and we we heard nothing from him as far as you know, drama, he was a really good, uh, you know, teammate. And, and I think that the Rams should at least, uh, um, you know, res- respect him enough to offer him some sort of deal. I know that he's not going to play until, you know, possibly maybe the playoffs if, uh, the Rams can get there, but uh, I feel like they owe him that much. He, he really, uh, you know, was a different Odell with the Rams than the Odell that we see seeing from Cleveland and New York.
0: Yeah. Uh, Niners, uh, uh, the roster's there. I, I just... Listen, this Niners team... not go in it, with Trey Lance, I think. I, I like uh, Trey Lance, but that's, you know, three or four years down the road when I like Trey Lance, not Trey Lance trying to contend now in an NFC that's open.
1: Listen, my brother's a, a huge Niners fan, and we've had these conversations kind of, you know, back and forth, and my question mark is, at what point do you say either we made a mistake with Lance you know, we gave up a lot to get him uh, and it didn't work out. Or at what point do you say, this is our future. And and we're going to ride him regardless of what's going on because this whole Garoppolo situation, I I don't know. I'm confused as far as why it's taken so long to make moves, especially with so many teams, so many divisions that are quarterback hungry at the moment. Um, You know, he's not the greatest quarterback, but he's definitely an upgrade uh, compared to a lot of the other guys that are, you know, currently employed by certain teams. Um, but this 49er team, though, we've seen it. They they go through changes uh, with personnel, and, and somehow they manage to stay competitive, if not within their division alone. So um, I'm not going to count them out yet, but I think that this quarterback situation has to kind of play itself out.
0: Yeah. You know who I am counting out? Uh, Arizona. Uh, they've gotten rid of a lot of their defensive guys, you know, kyler murray situation he's going to be there uh he has really no leverage whatsoever uh so uh the thing i don't understand is they've really now empowered both kingsbury and the gm they gave him a contract extension uh through like 27 or 28 i don't remember the final year on that one but it, it, it's a long time from now um what exactly is going on here uh why is Cliff Kingsbury getting a contract extension when basically he can't win any football games past game six? Uh, they did get into the playoffs, uh, granted barely. Uh, if there had been an 18 game season, I'm not sure they would have been in the playoffs. And then in the playoffs, it was a total embarrassment. Uh, and I just, I don't know where this organization is going. They got to make a decision on Kyler Murray, uh, you know. I think both you and I are sort of agreed. uh, If that price is in a Deshaun Watson era price, uh, I I find somebody else. Uh, I'll pay Colt McCoy two million dollars. I went two and zero with him. Uh, Yeah. So I just I don't know where this organization stands. They lost a lot of their key defensive guys. I I guess Watt's going to be back, but counting on him to play, you know, seventeen games uh, is that's another year wear and tear on him. So uh, uh, I mean, we, I just don't know where they sit. Where where do they sit? Listen, I think that the, the Cardos have are definitely starting to take
1: more of a nose dive now. You know, they gave a huge contract extension to the GM and, and the coach, as you mentioned, uh, and a lot of it had to because there was very small increments of progression with that team. Now, I think that part of the reason why they had such progression was because. One, they had a pretty friendly situation with as far as like the salaries were concerned for their main players. So you were able to pay other guys to bring them in to make your team that much more talented. But now you're getting into a situation where Kyler Murray wants to be paid like the top dogs in the NFL. And listen, I'm sorry. I know that he's very explosive and he's very fun to watch, but again, I go back to what I've been saying for him for the last couple of years. He's too dependent on the big play. And when the big play's not there, what happens? You saw it last year in the playoffs versus the Rams. You know, they couldn't get anything going because that D-line for the Rams was just it was just all over the place. They sacked him basically on every single player. If not, they were hitting him, touching him. They were bothering him. And what happened, he completely choked under the pressure. And, and that's kind of what I expected to happen towards the end of the year. Now, it didn't happen at the end of the year. But, you know, we've seen this from this Cardinals team. It, it's It's been a recurrent theme with them where – they look good for the first half of the year. And then you see a drop off in that second half. And um, this year they happened to make the playoffs, but what they do, they did nothing with it. They looked like they didn't belong.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's go up to Seattle. Uh, Cause I, I think this is really probably the key situation in the NFC. Cause I don't know which way they're going. Uh, you have a 70 year old head coach. I, I, I'm not sure he's there for a rebuild, but, basically you've gotten rid of the last of the old guard of that seattle defense uh you've traded away russell wilson with geno smith as your backup i'm assuming that geno smith is not going to be your starting quarterback for a 17 game season here uh but then you have lockett and medcalf and you know a host of solid running backs what is the play here for Seattle? Uh, you you can't tell me they're using one of those first-round picks on one of these quarterbacks in the draft uh, to be good this year because I don't think any of them are ready to be good this year. Uh, but of quarterbacks left, uh, the Niners aren't trading you Jimmy G. I can almost guarantee you that. Uh, I, I don't know what's left here. Uh, it's a situation that needs a rebuild, I think. They got the draft picks. I think they could rebuild pretty quickly. It could be maybe a one-year rebuild here, but you got a 70-year-old coach who probably doesn't want to stick around, you know, the two, three, four years it gets to where they get back to being a contender in the NFC. So I just don't understand this situation. Do you have any idea what this situation is going to be by August when they kick off?
1: I'll be completely honest with you that I don't I think the biggest question mark here for me is why aren't they calling this situation a rebuild situation and I mean I kind of understand why they're not um you know and as far as like drafting a quarterback is concerned if any team can find a gem you know out of this quarterback class I think it probably would be the Seahawks. This is the same team that found Russell Wilson in what was it, the third round? Yeah. Um, So, you know, the potential for them to find their next quarterback is definitely there, especially with the picks they acquired from Denver. I believe they have, what, the ninth overall pick? They do. The 40th overall pick. So they've they've got some firepower to make some noise in the draft. The question is, are there any really, you know, uh, uh, legitimate, you know, star quarterbacks in this draft class? And I, I really can't answer that. Um, especially not right now. I I think that, (laughs) (laughs) listen, after getting rid of, after trading away, Russell Wilson, getting rid of your defensive anchor, your defensive, uh, you know, leader in Bobby Wagner, I I think that they're not calling it a rebuild, but I think that if the season goes South, I think they have no choice at that point, but to call it a rebuild. And that's exactly where they'll be Uh, because I don't think that all due respect to drew Long, I don't think he's the answer going forward. um, And if they can't find and they can't hit a, you know, on a quarterback in this year's draft, I mean, yeah, you got another first round pick next year, but who's to say it's going to be a good pick. You know, we're talking about this Denver team that we're we're considering yeah. them to be contenders here. So we don't know what kind of pick you're going to get uh, next year. So if they can't hit on it this year and they can't, you know, attract some sort of free agent, then uh, I think it's definitely time to officially call it a
0: rebuild. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- They were in on the Watson thing for the price that was paid. Good move or bad move for Seattle. I I wouldn't have given up what Cleveland got up. Well, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, I, I, I just if I'm Seattle, I think I have to lay out if that's what the price was.
1: Listen, you know, you had a pretty down year last year. They were out of the playoffs for the first time since I can remember. Uh, this Seattle team is basically, you know, perennial playoff caliber uh, contenders. And, you know, it was it was a little bit of a downer last year with them. The way they were performing, they had to deal with injuries. They had to deal with a bunch of stuff. But, you know, they still have guys like DK Metcalf on the, on the roster. And, you know, granted, I don't think he's as great as a lot of people make him out to be. But, you know, he's a big body wide receiver with, you know, really uh, quick moves and he's really fast. So you've got some upside there. But I just I just think that at some point you're going to have to call it what it is. uh, And it's a rebuild. And like you said, it doesn't have to be a two, three, four year rebuild. It could be a one year rebuild. But I think at some point you have to admit it to yourself and call it what it is. And then you can move on from there and actually do what you have to do without. Um, the fan base making noise about what kind of moves you're making.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's flip over to the AFC and let's get into the AFC Central. And uh, really, there's one thing to talk about in the AFC Central here. It was yesterday... Uh, or we call it the AFC North. Yes. Uh, you're <laughs> correct. Uh, uh, you know, you're... I this... I, I, Thursday we had a conversation off in the uh, back room, and you were like, "Houston's, you know, in on Deshaun Watson," and I was like, "Yeah, Cleveland's in on Deshaun Watson," and I said, "I'd look out for Cleveland, because they got the crazy in them." Uh, I, I just I think that came out. They have the crazy in them. Give up three first round picks, guarantee two hundred and fifty million dollars. To a quarterback who, honestly, I think is going to be suspended this year anyway, or not at least for the whole year, at, at least for five or six games into the year, you're bringing him in to the AFC, which even with this move, what do you put Cleveland at in the AFC? Honestly, I don't even know if they're the third or fourth best team in their division. I assume Cincinnati will be good once again. Baltimore's whole team is not going to be hurt once again, mind you. I, I think the Steelers got better. I just I don't understand giving up that much for right now a question mark at quarterback and then guaranteeing him. I don't think I would have paid Baker Mayfield, uh, especially the number he was quoting. But I just I, I don't know. You give me your Cleveland thoughts because... I just think this is a poor decision. A- at some point, you've got to look at the room and be honest with yourself and say, if we make this move, does this make a con- us a contender in the AFC? Because Buffalo's in the AFC. They aren't getting any worse. Cincinnati, for another two or three years, till they have to shell out money, isn't getting any worse. Kansas City's not getting any worse. We, we spent 25 minutes just talking about the moves of the other three teams in that AFC West. And once again, I have not mentioned the Titans or the Colts. Now, the Colts don't have a quarterback right now, but if they get Jimmy G, hello, I just, what do you make of this Cleveland decision here? It just, I don't understand.
1: Listen, I'll tell you, I'll open with this. I've made my feelings on the whole Deshaun Watson situation pretty clear. I've tweeted out about it. I've spoken to you and several other colleagues several times about what I think, uh, you know, is going on with the situation. And I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. I think that they, you know, the Browns backed themselves into a corner and, and it didn't work out for them. They ended up losing here. Now I know they got the guy they wanted. They got Watson, but I still think they end up the losers in this situation. I'll tell you why. You know, Baker Mayfield, you know, love him, hate him, whatever. He came out, he was really emotional about the about, you know, Cleveland looking at Deshaun Watson and he was hurt by it. Uh, probably not the best idea for, you know, the guy who's supposed to be the general of the locker room, uh, to to get his emotions hurt, you know, over a business decision. Uh, but You know, after that happened, he started demanding a trade and Cleveland said, we're not going to you know, give you that trade. We're not going to trade you. And I think his camp probably came out and said, well, listen, we're willing to sit the year out. We're willing to not play. If we have to call it quits, we make plenty of money. I think that's the type of, uh, you know, scenario that they played out because to give up what this Cleveland Browns team gave up for Deshaun Watson. And I haven't even gotten into the fact that is Deshaun Watson worth it, yeah. but to give up what they gave up, I think is completely ludicrous. It's ridiculous. You've set your franchise back uh, several years. You went from, you know, Baker Mayfield leading to your first playoffs, uh, you know, appearance in how long um, to now you set the clock back even further to you better start bringing in those Brown, you know, paper bag. Uh, if you're a fan, because um, that's, the way this situation's headed. At some point, you're going to have to start paying some of those star players on that defense. That defense, we know, has has some pretty good players on it, and some of these guys are going to require a lot of money coming up pretty soon. Um, Not to mention the fact that you got rid of your offensive weapons in Odell Beckham. You got rid of Jarvis Landry. Your best weapon now is a running back, a running back that you didn't even utilize pretty well last year because you were putting the ball in Baker Mayfield's hands too much. And then you give up all those picks, and you give up that guaranteed money I think that's the biggest issue for me is the guarantee money. Not just that, but they sweetened the deal. So that first year for Deshaun Watson is a one-year, uh, it's a one million dollar base salary. Yeah. And they did that to protect him in case he gets suspended. You're missing out on basically a million million dollars worth of, of games uh that you're not you're not getting paid for. After that, you've got was 240 million dollars fully yeah. guaranteed. Yes. It's ridiculous for a guy who has not played in two years a guy who we don't even know if he can, what was the Texans' records when he played? Well, that's what I was going to bring up, you know, four and 12. What was your record last year? Four and 12. I mean, you know, you're talking about a guy who, yeah, he looks, he looks nice. He can run you with the ball. He can make guys miss. He's elusive. You know, he's got a big arm. That doesn't equate to wins. I'm sorry, but you know, football is a team sport. There's much more than just a quarterback. The quarterback is a very important piece, but when you're giving up all that money, all those pigs. What are you going to build with him? Yeah. It's going to be literally Deshaun Watson out there.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. You know, you want to hand that money to Aaron Rodgers? I, I, I'm okay with it because he guarantees you 10- He 11, it. Yeah. 10, 11, 12, 13 wins, no matter what roster you put on it. You want to put it on Brady? That's fine. That guarantees you 10, 11, 12, 13 wins, no matter what you put with him. We've already seen, you know- This thing where, oh, the Texans didn't build a roster around him, that's the whole point. The Browns can't build a roster around him. He's going to be in the same situation, and he's already shown that he's not really capable of carrying them uh, teams on their own. And I just – it's crazy to me to do that. And put it this way, if I gave you odds, even money, that Cleveland makes a playoffs, say Watson – can play this year. They, you know, clear him, time served, whatever. If I gave you odds on Cleveland just to make the playoffs this year, even money, would you take those odds? No. That's what...
1: I I would not. You can't even
0: guarantee yourself a playoff spot right now in the AFC. And honestly, they'd probably be, with this roster, maybe 12th, you know, if I start listing teams in the AFC that I think of. Because I think... You can't tell me Baltimore is not going to be good again. Baltimore was leading that division until literally everybody, you know, got hurt. Cincinnati just went to the Super Bowl and all their people are back. Pittsburgh is always good. You're not even a a favorite in your own division by paying somebody $250 million guaranteed and then sacrificing any moves you can make draft-wise. just It's craziness to me.
1: This has been one of those moves. Uh, You know, there's, there's a move here and there every now, every couple of years that completely not just boggles my mind, but also emotionally affects me. And this is just one of those moves. I I don't understand why you listen. I'm I'm looking at my notes here. Okay. And and my opening notes for the Browns, it says they gave up the house and their soul for Watson. Yeah. That's, that's the opening line for my notes for the Browns. And that's truly how I feel. Now, listen, That's not to say there's not a lot of upside. There was a person on Twitter that I interacted with uh, earlier today, uh, and they said, you know, if I gave you the option uh, of Golf or Watson, uh, you know, who would you take? And the person said, Goff. And I responded to them saying, now, listen, if you're talking about upside, yeah, Watson's got a ton of upside. You know, I think that 99% of people would definitely say that Watson wins that battle. There's way more upside with Watson. But if you're talking about, you know production as far as what they've put on the field. Um, you know their baggage that they that they bring and the pay that's going to require. Not to mention the fact of what you're giving up for yeah. them. Golf, hands down. Give yeah. me golf any day of the week. Well, I'd rather build a franchise yeah. around golf and his shortcomings than basically take this guy and give him everything I've got and have nothing else to put on the field. Yeah,
0: that's what I. You know, it, it's about cost. You know, if both are making $20 million a year and you aren't giving up any first round picks, you know, give me Watson every it single day. Yeah. If you're telling me you're going to give the man $250 million, guaranteed. Like, you, this is one of those where you can cut him, but it's still going to count on your cap. It's not one of the NFL deals where it's a bunch of fake, phony money at the end of it that they just never anybody sees. Like the Von Miller one. Yeah. That's exactly. Like, right. yeah, the
1: con, the contract looks crazy for a guy his age. Yeah. Uh, you know, at his position, but then you look at the actual numbers, and yeah, he's really getting paid for two years. Yeah, and, it's
0: phony money and, and, all at the end.
1: Yeah, this and and, and mind money. you, still a lot of money, but you know, not Deshaun Watson yeah. guarantee money.
0: Yeah, it's just I don't understand that, and then throw in three first round picks.
1: I mean, dude, when listen, Aaron Rodgers. You wouldn't
0: even make a bet on him, even money to make the playoffs.
1: So now you're giving up a top 13 first-round pick. Listen, Aaron Rodgers, who, who, listen, a lot of people love him. A lot of people hate him. You know, there's mixed feelings about him. But everyone will admit that he's a great quarterback. He makes wide receivers and teams better just by him being on there. You know, he's got, well, how, how much was his guarantee, 150 Yeah. For a Super Bowl champ. Yeah a guy who's basically in the playoffs every single year, uh, you know, the the defending MVP. And you're going to tell me that this guy who hasn't played, who's got all these question marks as far as his availability going into the season. And not just that, into the future because we don't know what's going to happen with all these yeah, allegations that he's dealing with, which charged, we didn't even get into.
0: But the civil suits are still there. There are still 22 civil suits still and, pending.
1: And all that, all of that is still off the season drama. Yeah. Guess what? One way or another, it's going to affect him or the team. Yeah.
0: Uh, my, well, this is probably yeah. <laughs> going to be, yeah. a, I think we're going to be discussing this one for, uh, Probably three years. So <laughs> now, I
1: I will say this, okay? I will say this because I've been so open about how how much I hate this move and how much I hate it. Yeah. I, I mean I stated that I hated the move for any team that was willing to deal for him, you know, prior to this movie even being done. But I will say this. If somehow, some way, which I doubt, he leads him to a playoffs, even if he doesn't win, I'll swallow my words yeah. and and I'll admit that I was wrong. But I, I really don't see it.
0: Yeah, right now in the AFC, I, I, you know, if they were in the NFC, I, I'd be like, go for Maybe. it, shoot your shot. But, uh, I, I I mean, just start listing the AFC teams. Uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, we'll move to Pittsburgh. Uh, they bring in Mitch <laughs> Trubisky. Uh, I virtually I'd rather be, have him. Yeah, the, virtually the exact opposite of the move we just saw. I think this is an upgrade over you know Big Ben that we saw last year. Is it enough of an upgrade to keep Pittsburgh in there? I I like this move. I I understand Mitch Trubisky's limitations. He's also made the playoffs twice. You can manage a game with him. He is not going to be a world beater. He probably will not win a Super Bowl unless you you know stack his team loaded. But I think he will keep you in games and they will be able to win games here. And, you know, it's basically the exact opposite, which I I think I want more teams to do, is be like, we aren't handing you $45 million when you are basically a level, maybe a level and a half above a Mitch Trubisky who's going to make like $10 million. It just, I like this move better than I like some of the other ones where we're just handing away money for quarterbacks who are on proven and haven't proven to be able to win games and playoffs. But I think it also
1: speaks a lot in terms of the franchise and how they're run. You know, you look at Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers, one of the most historic franchises in NFL history, you know, with multiple championships. Why? Because they're run correctly. You know, the owner, obviously everyone knows who the owner is, but he's kind of hands off. He he hires the right people. Another thing, they have a lot of consistency when it comes to things. I mean, they're probably one of the longest tenured head coaches in the NFL right now. You know, and not just that. Successful, he can he can work with just about anything. Now, Trubisky, I've been a defender of Trubisky for a long time. You know, I talked about how while he was a starting quarterback for the Bears, the Bears weren't defeated. Yeah, it didn't look pretty. His numbers weren't great. He's not an All Pro quarterback, but he's a good game manager. And especially for the price that you're paying for him, great move. I think Pittsburgh really stole this one here. Yeah,
0: I, I'm very inter- interested to see how uh, this works out. And you know, you give yourself more time too you don't like yep, this definitely you don't like this quarterback class you don't have to take a quarterback you like this quarterback class but you think they have to grow a little bit you can draft one you can send him on the bench you know it you leave yourself options open you don't paint yourself in a corner and then you can't get out of it you know it, it's just honestly I, I think the nfl just gms right now uh, it just doesn't seem to be a very good crop. There was probably an era, you know, mid-90s, uh, early 2000s in the NBA where they sort of went through this, and they were handing, you know, dudes eight-year deals. You know, Jerome James had one good playoff series. The New York Knicks gave him, like, a six-year deal. And it's like, it feels like we're in that this little bubble uh, in the NFL, where some of these organizations are just so badly run, and Pittsburgh sticks out as one that's good run. Maybe, you know, they aren't good enough to get to the playoffs this year and get to 500, but they at least have options now. They aren't stuck paying a quarterback they don't like, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. They can cut bait with Turbisky next year if he doesn't work out. No big deal. No harm, no foul. And not
1: just that, you know, not to go back again to the Browns, but, you know, I think also as as a, as a team and as a player of the organization, when you look at the moves that they're making, like they're paying this guy this much guaranteed money, you know, if you've been a player on that team, for example, that's, uh, you know, devoted yourself and contributed to, to wins and um, been a member of the community and upstanding citizen, and you see this guy being rewarded, he hasn't done anything, uh, and, and you're, you know, you're not, you're getting the ax basically because they have to pay this other guy. I mean, if I'm a free agent, I look at situations like that, and I'm like, would I rather go there, or would I rather go to a well-run organization that I know are going to try and stretch a dollar as much as they can to bring in as much talent as they can, and not just that, but set themselves up for the future as well? I'm sorry, but I'm going with the team that's
0: well-run. Yeah, definitely so. And uh, Unless I'm the
1: one getting the guaranteed money. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Speaking of teams that are interesting run, we're going to move to the South in the Jags here. Now, they made some free agent splashes, but honestly... Are the right ones? I, I, is Christian Kirk and Zy Jones really a huge upgrade over DJ Shark and LaCavia Chenault? I, I just... I The Sheriff move, I like. Now, granted, yes. see, he's been hurt a lot, but... That's a, a good offensive lineman. You, you franchise Cam Robinson. You, granted, you look at his PFF numbers and such. He's been a terrible offensive lineman, but you had a, a lot invested in him. Maybe he can grow. But four for 72 for Christian Kirk. Three for 24 for Zy Jones. Uh, that's a that's a number four receiver. Uh, and granted, there's not much invested But just to throw $9 million at Evan Ingram, who is very fancy when he runs forward in no pads, but basically when he puts on pads and gets on a football field, uh, he's basically worthless, which is why the Giants chose not to re-sign him, and he was available for a one-year $9 million deal. I just, uh, you know... Okafor, the Falcons linebacker. You know, it, it, these are okay moves. The, signing, the, I don't fault the. You're giving a I lot of money to solid NFL players, but yes, but but when not are the players. The NFL I... players going to be there. These are fillers, as in role players, to fill out your roster. You need some elites, and it can't just be Trevor Lawrence and then no elites. I. I I just don't understand these moves. And now they did them early, too, which, you know, why weren't we in the Devontae Adams sweepstakes if he was available? Stuff like that. Yeah, listen,
1: I I like the Brandon Scherf signing. I think that that, you know, shores up that offensive line. If he's healthy, he's he's a really good guard, and he'll do a lot in terms of protecting the young quarterback. So I think that's a good move. Um, Darius Williams. I don't think they paid too much, you know, over what I think he's worth. But I think he's a pretty decent cornerback. Uh, again, you know, a good rotational guy to have in there. But that's um, once you know, again,
0: that's a role player. That's yeah, exactly. You know, that's a Christian second or third Kirk corner that to, is to good me, to have as a second or third corner, not a lead
1: lockdown listen, corner. To, to me, to me, the, this this free agency period for the Jaguars became a disaster only because of one signing. And that's just because I feel like they overpaid for him. Kirk. I think they overpaid. I yeah. don't think he's worth that kind of money. And I don't think he's a game changer the way you're paying him to be uh, all the other signings. Listen, yes, they might've overpaid for a few of these guys, but I don't think that they're bad signings. It's just that this Kirk one, the Christian Kirk one just stands out so much because of how big of a deal he got four years, $72 million. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why they let him go. <laughs> it's, you know he's a role player.
0: If I he's, asked you who you thought was a better receiver, Kirk or DJ Chark? Honestly, I take Chark. I know. Give me Chark, That's, especially because he's cheaper. Yeah, he signed a nothing deal with the Lions. I just, I, you know, Kirk couldn't even get on the number two spot. Uh, you know, with a dead AJ Green and Hopkins hurt, he, I, he's he, he, he's a lot like Mike Michael Gallup. Same thing. He's yes. really good at doing one thing: hitting explosive plays down the field. But uh, whatever, you know, I, I've already had my spiel about NFL GMing and them, being everyone being terrible at it. But
1: listen, I understand that they had a lot of money to spend. My question is, why would you spend it in that way? Yeah, that's really my only question.
0: Yeah, uh, we'll see if they can find you know, something in the draft that leads to. They need more elite guys. They need you, some you, size. You can give me three or four more elite guys to pair with all these, you know, guys. I, I then you've got a team. Yeah, but you got to find the elites. You can't just overpay a bunch of solid NFL guys. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty
1: sure. I'm pretty sure the skill level doesn't go up when the paycheck goes up. Yes, I uh, believe it's the other way around. The skill level goes up, then the paycheck
0: goes yeah, up. I, I think so. But uh, then you look at the other two. Um, Titans, Colts, who have basically done nothing but shed money. Uh, Colts have no quarterback, like literally, they have no quarterback right now. Uh, the Titans have pretty much cut everybody that's expensive so they can afford to keep paying Ryan Tannehill. Uh, somebody has What's to that? win this division, uh, but... I don't even know where I'm sitting on anybody in this division right now you know you, you got to hold till you see what the Colts do at quarterback but uh, the options are running out and it's looking like it's going to be somebody not good I I, I just don't understand the moves and in this AFC right now I, I don't think anybody in this division I can consider a legit contender. And just a couple
1: of things on those teams here, you know, the Titans obviously were the number one seed in the AFC last year. So they feel pretty good about their chances at least to be contenders or win that division, you know, going into this year. My question is, you know, they got rid of uh, some of their offensive linemen and what was their biggest issue last year was the fact that they couldn't protect the quarterback. He kept getting sacked. Uh, He's one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the AFC last year. Uh, and, And now you get rid of, you know, that, that structure you had in the offensive line. I think it hurts you, but I still think that they're probably right now as it sits, they're probably the better, the best team in that division. So I think that that's probably what they're resting their lives on is, is the fact that we were the number one team last year out of this conference. And I think that we can do enough good stuff to stay, you know, within the grasp of winning that division. That's all they really need. They just need to win that division. Uh, But then, you know, you look at the Colts. I think that if the Colts get a guy, let's just say like, um, I don't know, Garoppolo, if they get a guy like Garoppolo, I think that this Colts team leapfrogs this Tennessee team uh, just solely based on the fact that even though Tennessee didn't really get better, they got slightly worse. Um, And unfortunately for them, you know, during this uh, offseason, all I kept hearing was Aaron Rodgers is buying a house in Nashville. Aaron Rodgers buying a house in Nashville. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is coming, so he do uh, be I don't see a
0: house in Nashville. But uh, that's for real estate, uh, not for uh, to play quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> I, I, be- I believe that market's starting
1: to boom. so I believe he's a pretty savvy businessman. Uh, but listen, as it sits right now, I think the Titans are the favorite to win this division uh, solely based off you know the the performance of last year's uh, performance, and and also they have a track record of being the best team in that division. But again, this ha- this is if the Colts don't get a good quarterback, a good game managing quarterback, uh, because we know the Colts have an explosive defense, we know they have an explosive running attack. Uh, the question is, can they get a, a the right type of quarterback to to manage that team properly? If they can, then I think it's going to be a competition between these two teams. But. Uh, Again, there's just so much, so many question marks here that it leads me just wondering and and excited to see what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, you answered my question. I was going to ask you if Jimmy G made his way onto the Colts, would you put the Colts ahead of the Titans right now? Uh, You know, Uh, we'll see if the Titans bring anybody in, but it it looks like they're sort of just going to balance out their cap and live on the uh, periphery there. Uh, The Colts sort of have their roster pretty much in place except for a quarterback uh let's say they bring in a like a teddy Bridgewater type would you move the colts above the titans that way or do you think they need like a little bit level above in like a jimmy g to sort of take over that
1: listen i I love teddy two gloves okay i'm a big fan of him i i think that he's um he's not a great quarterback by any means but i think that he's he's a good enough quarterback to help you win But I don't think a guy like Teddy Bridgewater puts you over the hump against the Tennessee Titans team. It's a dangerous team. Derrick Henry, uh, you know, you've got a lot of weapons, a lot of big weapons outside at the skill position. That defense got better last year. uh, And I expect that type of trend to continue going into this year, Uh, especially going up against that division. uh, You know, you face those guys twice a year. So I think that only helps this Titans team but I think a guy like Jimmy G, whether you, you know, not a huge fan of Jimmy Garoppolo here, but you look at his record, the guy seems to be able to win because they don't ask him to do too much. He tends to go to situations where a, they have really good defenses, which the Colts do, or B, you know, he's not asked to do too much, which they won't need him to do too much because this is a run first team. So if they get Jimmy G, I think that puts them slightly ahead of Tennessee, but anybody else, I think, tennessee still holds a slight edge over over this cold seed yeah
0: all right uh so uh i think we hit everything uh that we could possibly hit for now uh hopefully we won't be on here again in two days with a bunch more moves but i i think everything's probably going to cool off uh just a little bit now uh and the next time we'll be back, probably will be for some, uh, you know, NFL draft stuff. But uh, if, you know, some more major stuff happens, we'll, we'll definitely pop up like we uh, did this time around. But uh, next time we'll probably pop up with a Football Dime prob- podcast. We'll probably be some NFL draft uh, stuff coming up in a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, really quick before we move on, I just want to say Buffalo Bills uh, signing Von Miller, uh, and then they picked up a couple of other guys, tight end uh, O.J. uh, Howard. Yeah. Uh, I think they're making the right moves to really contend they're trying to go all the way this year. Uh, and everybody else in that division seems to be kind of content with where they're at right now. So, yeah, uh, I, if we you, get more
0: news. Good to bring that up. Yeah, I, I forgot about the. Uh, well, uh, I think. It's easy. <laughs> I think everybody forgot about the <laughs> the AFC. They're not making any noise. No one's doing anything except for Buffalo. Uh, basically, the Patriots let half their team uh, go after spending a bunch of money in the offseason. Uh, Lord knows what's going down uh, with the Dolphins and uh, the Jets are. Uh, well, they're just the Jets. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I will say I, I liked that Von Miller move, uh, especially once you like I that contract. And it's basically a, a small window to try to, you know, get as much uh, give themselves as much of a chance uh, to really win right now in the next couple of years.
1: It's help they need it because even though they had, uh, you know, one of the top defenses overall, they had trouble getting after yeah. the quarterback and we saw it a lot in that playoff game versus the chiefs that they had a guy who could pressure Mahomes. Uh, maybe we're talking about a different story here. So uh, I like the move uh, a little too expensive for my taste, but I like it. Yeah, definitely. So,
0: all right, let's get out of here. Uh, where can we find you Achilles? Uh, you can find me on Twitter
1: to read all my banter and uh, all my nonsense at TD Achilles.
0: All right, uh, look for our draft show coming up in a couple weeks. Look for our new show uh, that will probably premiere sometime this week. Uh, We got some more Marsh Madness shows coming with the Dynamite. So, a lot of action for you on Greenlight Network. Be sure to like and subscribe. That's our show, and we're out. Let's go, Balls.